Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts all of us. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. Join us on Facebook at The Broadband Bunch and see the latest episodes, news, and photos. The Broadband Bunch, as always, sponsored by ETI Software. On this edition of The Broadband Bunch, we visit with co-founder and COO of Resound Networks, Chad Giles. As a wireless internet service provider focused on maintaining high standards and consistent service to customers, Resound Networks has quickly drawn the attention of economic development commissions all across portions of the Texas Panhandle and adjacent states. Giles talks about their explosive growth and how technology, often used in the gas and oil industry, has made a big impact in pre-deployment testing for eventual permanent tower sites, starting with their very first build-out. We also talk about the tremendous demand for new Wi-Fi hotspots to serve independent school districts all across their footprint, driven in part by the current need for distance learning. Hope you enjoy our discussion. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Broadband Bunch. Alongside my colleague, Brad Hine, Product Director for Analytics Solutions at ETI, I'm Craig Corbin. Our guest today co-founded a communications company which has in four short years become a driving force in the economic development of cities across the panhandle of Texas, West Texas, along with Eastern New Mexico and parts of Western Oklahoma. Based in Pampa, Texas, Resound Networks is a wireless internet service provider for commercial and residential broadband. And members of the Resound Networks family include everyone from ranchers and farmers to lawyers and businesses. The co-founder and COO of Resound Networks, Chad Giles. Chad, welcome to the Broadband Bunch. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Thanks for having me today. Absolutely, and Chad, the the Resound Network story, one which uh, has grown in fairly short order, and I'm sure that a big part of that growth is because, uh, in no small part, your corporate values, which I saw on your, your company website, I love the quote, we work 24-7 because our customers depend on us 24-7. We know our best was good for today. We'll do better tomorrow. That is a phenomenal corporate value or mission statement. Tell us about how that all came about. Yeah, so, uh, you know, just being in the uh, communication uh, industry for, for all my professional career, uh, you know, we, it's all about the customers, you know, they're, they're the ones um, providing for us. So uh, we, we, we hit the ground every morning for them. And, and uh, it's, it's all about keeping the network up and keeping uh, our customers connected to the, to the internet for sure. Well, and in fact, you're just minutes away from uh, another Wi-Fi hotspot installation. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Uh, so in, in our uh, coverage area, we've been uh, contacted by uh, multiple ISDs that are that are scrambling to figure out how they're going to uh, connect the kids that, that, that doesn't have Internet at their home today um, so they can come up to the schools and, and get on their Chromebooks and download their studies for the day and then come back the next morning and upload those studies to, to keep the, the kids connected to the, to, 
to the school and, and keep the, the learning continue. Um, so we're, uh, we have teams scattered across our, our whole coverage area, um, putting in Wi-Fi hotspots, um, also helping with uh, any type of uh, uh, networking that the uh, local schools that don't have the networking uh, engineers that help them um, set these networks up to secure their network and also keep the kids connected. Well, Chad, considering where we are right now in the world with, uh, you know, reacting to COVID-19, um, I mean, that's a tremendous service that you're offering your community. I know, um, you know, at the Broadband Bunch, we talk a lot about our passion is to connect folks and keep them connected. I mean, it's, uh, it's never been more crucial and important than it is right now. I mean, can you comment a little bit on that? Yeah, so uh, when this first happened, our corporate office is in Pampa, which is a hometown of uh, myself and Brian Waldrop, our CEO. Um, we were contacted by the superintendent and also the city body to figure out, you know, what can they do? They, they, they first wanted to put Wi-Fi on buses, and, and uh, we, we, you know, explained that that wouldn't work, you know, in a, when you're trying to cover 400 kids um, that have no internet to, to huddle around a bus. Wow. So. We, uh, we've been in multiple meetings with them. We uh, identified core infrastructure in each town, meaning uh, fiber assets that they currently own. So we didn't have to, to back all to each one or, or bring any type of transport into these areas. Uh, we're simply um, catching a network device uh, on their, their network and uh, doing the Wi-Fi access and um, giving these kids connectivity and also um, where we can monitor these these connections remotely because there's going to be so many nodes in the field that we can see if you know if anybody's abusing it or or they're having trouble or we get any type of any interference we can we can manage this from our corporate office in Pampa. Wow, uh, like I said, that that is that's such a tremendous service that you guys that you guys offer, and you know not just trying to connect the the underserved and the unserved, but especially now in today's environment. That, I'm curious a little bit about your background. Um, I know you're a founder of, of Resound. What, what led you to this point uh, in actually you know, getting into a startup? I mean, what did you do in your, in your previous career? Yeah, so I, I started in, uh, in the mid-90s uh, with a small uh, regional carrier, Dobson Communications, out of Oklahoma City. Uh, they were a, a telco um, launched the uh, first uh, analog amps network, Nortel networks in the Texas Panhandle. Mm -hmm. So I started there, uh, moved around a little bit, went to work for Sprint in Oklahoma City and the CDMA build out, uh, went through the, CD, the amps TDMA, uh, CDMA. And then when I left uh, Sprint, I went to AT&T, uh, worked for them for a little bit in a, uh, in a uh, knock center, uh, was a, uh, a network engineer for them. And in 2000, I left and went to work for Altel, which then was uh, acquired by Verizon Wireless. So from 2000 to 2016, um, I was a performance engineer for Verizon, looking at KPIs and and uh, keeping the network uh, under wraps in, in certain areas. So I was part of a huge team across the U.S. that uh, took care of the, uh, the, the Verizon network. Um, in 2015, in the hometown that I live in, uh, there was just a need for internets, 15,000 people. We have cable plant here, a couple other whiz, um, but we just thought that we could deliver it better, really based off of Verizon standards. Took those standards and came to, to Pampa. We, we built uh, 
one site in Pampa on a, on a fiber drain, which is a Dobson fiber drain. Um, put uh, friends and family on it for about six months. Added two more sites in Pampa. Uh, put more friends and family on it. Just make sure we were testing technologies, testing five gigahertz, testing LTE. Um, and then in 2016, first quarter, we, we installed our first customer and uh, took off from there. So it was just a, just it's, it's something I've done all my life. I enjoy communication, I enjoy engineering. Um, and uh, we've seen a need for it. And once we, uh, we launched, uh, was a huge ramp in Pampa with, with, with internet that I could say was good internet. The cable company, there's nothing wrong with them. Um, we just felt like we could do it a little differently and, and better. And that's what we did in um, uh, the surrounding towns east of us here. Uh, Wheeler and Shamrock uh, heard what we were doing, and and um, we uh, we were asked to come build that too. And at that point, that's when I brought Brian Waldorf in as an investor, and uh, we ramped it from there. Chad, I'm a little bit curious about you know you, you made mention of the uh, the background in performance engineering, and um, one of the things that uh, uh, I know that is oil and gas country. And there's a big role that communications play in that industry. And as it turns out, I think you guys are utilizing uh, some of the technology from that industry with what you're doing at uh, Resound Networks with regard to using cell sites on wheels or cows for pre-deployment testing. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we, we use that in, in a couple of different ways. Um, one, one, we've used it in areas that um, that we're one to target, say, a, a community of 100 houses, you know, a private community or, or a pocket of homes that we don't currently cover. Uh, so we'll, we'll deploy the cow. We'll, we'll put different technology antennas, different vendor antennas that, that, that deal with noise better than others, um, LTE technology on it. Uh, we'll connect it to our network. And, and at that point, once we deploy this cow, we can start to sniff there and, and, and hear what's out there and analyze that, that data. Um, and bring that data back into our, our our tools that we've built in house to to look at KPIs, uh, you know, the, your RSSI, SINAR, you know, your levels that you're that you're that you're seeing out there. So then at that point, you know, when we do the build, we know exactly what we need, um, and we'll put a permanent tower in and go ahead and um, and build that area. Um, secondly, we'll use it um, in the oil fields where they're very remote access to internet's very little um, we'll deploy these cows it may be that we deploy two cows off of our main site so where are where we terminate our fiber at we may go to one cow with a with a license backhaul from that cow to another cow and then at the end cow we'll put uh, our access gear on that cow and then deliver uh, multiple access out to multiple drilling rigs um, completion sites uh, we're doing uh, gas plants, that, new plants that they're building. We'll put the cow right on site and provide Wi-Fi off of the cow. Pretty much what we're doing for the ISDs. We just do it for a construction site out in the oil field. And then we'll also use them for doing uh, concerts, uh, rodeos, and things like that. We'll provide free Wi-Fi for, for events like that as well with them. To me, that sounds like the ultimate flexibility of being able to provide uh, service anywhere uh, you need and from the standpoint of your pre-deployment testing a huge time saver and it enables you I would assume 
to uh, be extremely precise in positioning the permanent location of your towers. Yeah, and, and you know, we have tools, uh, cell planet and our propagation tools that we that we can we can look at this you know look at the design from an RF perspective on a on software but once that once that the RF engineers do that prediction and we take the prediction and we put that prediction on the cow we put it in the real life you know put it in the environment that it's going to be setting in and then we can then go out and, and drive test it so we go out in vehicles um, we drive test those sectors we collect the data and we analyze the data not only from what the antennas are seeing or what the clients are seeing that will what the clients will see once once they're installed. So we we analyze it from both sides, is from a from the access tower to the to the customer end as well. And Chad, uh, looking back over your business since uh, your inception, it, it looks like you guys have grown pretty rapidly over the last many years. So what can you speak about? What is what are some of the main uh, success points and keys that allowed you to grow organically that way? Um, sorry, once, could you, could you, one more time with the question, I, I, I missed some of it there. Sure, sure. Yeah, I've seen that, that your, that Resound Networks has grown quite rapidly in the last uh, many years. So what would you say are some of the key factors that has led to that, uh, that growth and that success? Yeah, so um, when, when we started in Pampa, uh, we, like I said, we built Shamrock and Wheeler, which is two communities of about 2,400 people. Um, suffering really bad on cable uh, or copper. Um, so, so when we built those communities, we seen we had a take rate of almost 30% penetration when we got into those towns with the competition that was there. So our business plan in 2016 moving forward was to build those communities of 1,000 to 5,000 sweet spot. Because um, we, we come in, um, you know, delivering off of fiber. We, we do LTE. We do you know, can't get five gigs. So, you know, we're doing, you know, we're building it right. We're running fiber up the tower. Um, we, we build it based on kind of what we learned at Verizon all the years. So we, we just scaled down obviously what Verizon's doing. Um, and, and we put it in, in something that makes sense for us as a WISP to, to deploy. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, deploying sites that your uptimes are, you know, we, we try to go for five nines, you know, just like we did at Verizon, you know, we, we want the network on the air. We want, you know, we don't want to be fighting it every time we a storm comes in. So some of the success is, is just build it right and build it once and move to the next town. Second, I think, is is really scaling it. Um, you know, I know when we were Liller, when we didn't have the funds, you know, we might build one site. You know, it cost us, you know, $50,000 to build it. So we couldn't build one maybe once every six months. Well, now, you know, this, to scale it, um, you know, in 2017, we built 47 sites in about wow. six in six months. Um, wow. So it, it was more of, you know, making the plan of, okay, we, we have high penetration rates in, in these types of communities, but then going building 15 and 20 of them at one time, it really, it really helps scale the numbers for sure. That's fascinating. You know, you, I have to say, you mentioned an acronym a little earlier when you answered another question, uh, KPI, key process indicators, you know, is a, uh, I can say that uh, being a product director and a product guy for many years, uh, focusing on analytic solutions, that's something very near and dear to my heart. Can you uh, talk a little bit about um, a WISP model and what you might need as critical KPIs to 
to understand and manage those networks throughout your days and weeks? Yeah. So it was kind of a shock uh, when I came out of Verizon because at Verizon, obviously, you, you could see everything that was happening. You know, it, you knew everything that was happening by, by right. looking at trending. Um, so when we, when we came in, you know, at first, we didn't have those tools. Um, but then sh shortly after that, you know, we, we couldn't see nothing, and it's scary. So we, we put the tools in place. Um, we Our in-house tools are built uh, by a coder that we have uh, in-house. We also have uh, tools made outside vendors pre-seam. Um, and it's really not, uh, you know, it's, it's more about uh, the quality of service instead of the quality of experience. So we, we really, we want to know what's going on in the end device. You know, the, the, the model is sometimes, hey, we're delivering 100 megs or 50 megs to your roof. I don't know what's going on inside. And, and that's not what we want. So our tools dive all the way down into the TCP traffic of what's going on in the iPhone or the Roku device or the computer in the back bedroom. We want to know what's going on there because you can deliver 50 megs to the roof, but if, they're, if their Roku don't work in the back room, they're not happy. So our tools dive right down into the end devices. Um, and that's important. Um, the industry, we, we hear 90% of your issues are Wi-Fi related. That's what we see. Um, so we, we, our tools and, and KPIs are studied all the way to the end device. Nice, nice. Yeah, what goes on in the house is indeed important and, and crucial, obviously, to your, your end user, your subscriber. And I do know to that end, there's, uh, there's some new spectrum that's going to be available this year, uh, especially for service providers like yourself. I know, can you speak a little a bit about CBRS and what's coming down the pipe uh, about mid year? Yeah, so uh, we. Uh... We have a, uh, around 90 LTE nodes across our whole network. Um, we, uh, for, we've been Google, full Google SaaS for about three months now. So we, we chose Google um, to uh, be our SaaS provider. Um, one is, is uh, you know, they're obviously a, a big player in the uh, mapping and in the industry. Uh, we use Google's uh, Google Planner to also plan our LTE network down to three meter data and some even lower than that uh, clutter data so we can with that tool we can really hone in on what the signal is going to be on the roof so with the cbrs things like that are helpful that we can drop a, a cell site on this planning tool we can apply the antenna files we can set our heights our transmit power our vendor and and we can zoom right down on the roof and and, and the sales people can then see okay on this roof right here that they want internet um, RSRP is going to be neg 98, SINAR is going to be 30. It's perfect. Put the antenna right here. I mean, Google has got it so precise that you can literally know where to put the antenna before your truck even gets there. So that that's a big thing with CBRS and and also getting in in, in, a, uh, in a you know a somewhat licensed territory where you have more control of the RF um, and and provide a, a good clean service out of the five gig uh, networks. Um, the challenge, you know, that we're fixing to have is, is, is the cost of this. You know, you, you got the big players that are wanting CBRS and it's going to be a, a big push for, for all the tier ones and, and companies like ours as well to, to get into this. But we're definitely, uh, will be involved heavily in the spectrum, uh, coming in mid year towards the end of the year. Um, we've, we've got a team put together, um, in house that that's dealing with the FCC, um, and the spectrum. So we're, 
where uh, we have CBRS uh, calls every Monday at 9 a.m. to discuss what's changed from the day before because it's moving quickly. We know that's going to keep you busy. And with the current situation that Brad referenced earlier with uh, you know, the nation and the world uh, dealing with the coronavirus um, and how that has put a, an emphasis on connectivity, you've had to sort of retool how your your staff is working because of the demand for Wi-Fi uh, on the schools that you talked about, hotspots all over the place. You've actually taken some of your engineering teams and they're now working alongside your, your normal tower crews. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, first quarter of, of this year, we had five new new builds slated to build, which they're in, still in process. The lease has been done. Um, fiber circuits have been ordered. Um, so the, we were right in the middle of that. We were moving, we are ordering equipment. The entire crews are, are deployed. Um, when this happened, uh, we were contacted by the PAMP ISD first. Um, then as, as days, not weeks, come by, we've we seen how severe it was fixing to get. Um, so at that point, we have two, two four-man crews on, the, on our tower crews. We pulled them in, pulled them off all of our projects, um, our network engineers, our system performance engineers. We've pulled all of them in. Um, and in the, in the middle of this, we remote all of our employees to, to home, uh, our corporate offices. There's, there's two people there now. Um, of about 50. So uh, we was in the process of moving phones to people's homes. So we was trying to take care of our employees at the same time, get ready for this ramp up. But we've, we've uh, moved 100% of our engineering team and our, our uh, construction teams. Um, and they're, they're, they're spread out in different towns every day until we complete. So you're responding to what the demand is in the, uh, in the area. And we, we talk about the footprint that you guys are serving. It's phenomenal how you've grown into, you know, parts of Western Oklahoma, Eastern New Mexico, West Texas, the Panhandle. Um, obviously the sky is the limit for Resound Networks. Uh, take us, you know, five, 10 years down the road from your perspective on what the footprint will look like at that point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we, we're doing our organic building as well, but also, you know, we've come into an acquisition side as well as to date, we've acquired three smaller WISP. Um, you know, what, what you usually see is, is a WISP will get to three, 500 customers and then they're to the point they got to start buying trucks. They got to hire a network engineer. They got to put a core in a data center somewhere. They got to start doing peering and, and things that, that you just can't do because you're usually a, a one man shop or you and your, your, your friend did or something like that. So, so we're right now we're, we, we're going into a, a time of we're going to look at good, good acquisitions. We're not just buying anybody. We're buying companies that, that fit us, that's deploying the same technologies, that our fiber assets make sense. So um, in the next coming years, for sure, uh, we'll, we'll be deploying uh, new sites in our, and continue to build our organic builds. But uh, we're going to have a, another focus on acquiring um, smaller WISP to uh, bring them in as well. So I definitely, with LTE coming, we, we're, we're getting into the uh, small cell deployments today. We're de deploying where we have in Eastern uh, New Mexico and Hobbs, New Mexico. We have two sites there. We're right now deploying nine small cells, um, getting closer to the customer with LTE on them, doing millimeter wave backhaul to them. So um, we're really gonna penetrate the uh, areas that we're already in 
So we uh, we expect we've, we've doubled in size year over year, and uh, we expect to keep doing that. It's fantastic. That's amazing. So uh, doubling every every year is uh, is quite a feat. Um, so you started as a startup, um, and you've been acquiring some uh, some other wisps along the way. You talked about having having to have special teams for uh, operations and uh, uh, more visibility into the subscriber home. So clearly you've run the gamut on running a business from the operational side and from the business side, but what, what kind of advice could you share um, over the last many years um, growing through acquisition and then maybe to somebody actually just starting up with a WISP today? Yeah. So and we get, a lot of calls from WISP that are starting up, you know, all the time over LinkedIn and things like that. And, and, you know, the, the, the biggest struggle that, that they have is, is, is capital. I mean, it's, it is, it's what our struggle was at first. Um, but, you know, if you got a good plan together and you, and you get some people that that's done it before, so you don't go out and you put all this equipment up and then you realize it don't work and you got to take it down. And next thing you know, you spent, you know, three or $400,000 that you, know, you just had to go wow. forklift the whole network. So the biggest advice is, you know, put a plan in place, you know, get your fiber assets managed where you can, where you can look, look out because we didn't, you know, we, we put our first fiber connection. It was in Pampa. It was at a tower site. It was the worst place in the world. You know, you got lightning and all sorts of environmental issues to deal with. But if we would have had it through over, we had to put our, you know, our core in, in Dallas and CoLogics where it is today, where we can aggregate with uh, Netflix, Amazon, you know, and do direct peering and, and it costs us money to move that. But the, the problem is at first you don't have that money and you have to do what you have to do. So, you know, if I were to have do over or, or to start over, you know, to put a perfect plan in place and, and get the funding that you need to, to push it and not set still along um, because it, you know, if we would have set still, we'd be in Pampa today and that's probably where we'd still be. But um, Brian Waldrop and Tyson, Curtis, uh, the business partners, there's three of us and, and those guys have built big old companies and, and they know how to scale. So with guys like that, they come in and, and they're friends. We, we went to high school together, and, but they, they've took the financial side of this business and they've scaled it to get to where we're at today. So I think it's just a good solid plan. Find your targets, find your sweet spots and, and get the funding you need to move quickly. Great advice. Great advice. Thank you. This is the Broadband Bunch, and we're visiting with the co-founder and COO of Resound Networks, Chad Giles. And Chad, uh, as we begin to wrap up, I uh, do understand that there's an exciting uh, development going on with regard to the, uh, uh, you made mention of your corporate office. Uh, and I, I think that in very short order, you're going to be in some brand new digs there in Pampa. Tell us that story. Yeah, so uh, when we started out, we started out in a little shop that Brian uh, Waldrop owned. Uh, we, we started out there in, in one little room, and, and we kept building on to that, that shop and building and building. And we got to a point where we just we had to rethink what we were doing. So um, we were hiring engineers. Uh, we were bringing people in from Canada, uh, California, different places of the U.S. to bring talent in um, to take care of the network that we're building and also – um, to help to, to move quickly. So we were, we're in the process of moving our corporate office to Lubbock, Texas, uh, where we do have a small regional office now, but we were 
looking to move our corporate office to Lubbock where we could hire talent. Uh, getting people to move to Pampa was pretty tricky. Uh, so in the process, the, uh, the, this, the EDC and the city um, came to us and said, you know, we'd like y'all to stay here. Um, there's a bank building downtown that we were already looking at. So it was, it's a first national bank that was built in the 1800s. It's 12,000 square foot building. Um, really, it's a historical marker as well in Pampa. So um, we had multiple meetings with the city and the EDCs and and uh, came to agreement if, if we would keep the corporate office here, that they would help us with certain parts of, of, of this. And so now uh, in April, we, we should be moving into it. Uh, it'll be um, uh, our NOC, our Network Operations Center will be there 24-7. Our tech support group will be there 24-7. The building will be open 24/7, which is just doesn't happen in a town like Pampa, Texas. Um, so it's uh, it's exciting for for us in the community as well because uh, we agreed to bring the higher paying jobs that we were after to Pampa, um, and 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 it really helps the communities uh, here in the to to bring those type of jobs here. Well, Chad, congratulations on that and a phenomenal story with Resound Networks. Uh, I've very much enjoyed visiting with you. Uh, continued success. We look forward to, to circling back at some point down the road and finding out how much more your company has grown. But uh, keep up the good work. And we thank you so much for being part of the Broadband Bunch. On behalf of Brad High and I'm Craig Corbin. We'll see you next time right here on the Broadband Bunch.